0: You're listening to the Promised Church's Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this teaching by Pastor Jonathan. For more information about who we are, please visit us at thepromisedchurch.com.
1: I don't know about you, but my heart is full today. I have I have much going on inside, and I'm just asking for the grace of the Lord to uh, communicate properly and effectively in the time that we have. But can we just acknowledge what God is doing in the realm of people coming to know him? Can we just realize and recognize the time that we live, the opportunity, the commissioning that God has invited us into to go and be a part of advancing his kingdom in our lifetime? Can we realize that this is what we're made to do? Come on. Amen? All of us, as Pastor Chris said, all of us, are called and commissioned. All of us are, are, are invited by the Lord into the harvest field to be laborers. And many are called and few respond. <laughs> we need to change that. We need to change that. And, and I believe that it's gonna begin to shift and the change and God's gonna do amazing things and he's doing amazing things. But let's be a part of it together, church, amen? Amen. My name is uh, Pastor Jonathan. I'm one of the senior pastor's Here at the Promise Church, I look across the room this morning and I look and see about half of the people here. I don't know if I've even got a chance to meet you yet, which is like crazy to me, but it's amazing that God has brought you here and that you're here not because you know me or you know one of the other pastors, you're here because Jesus is here. And that's what we desire more than anything else is that when you come, you encounter the presence of the Lord. And his presence was so wonderful this morning, wasn't it? So good, and his presence is still here right now. I want you to know that our church is a presence-driven church, which means that we are after his presence more than anything else, that our church isn't built around a man, it's built around the man, Jesus Christ. And so therefore, we want to exalt him, magnify him, worship him every single time we have an opportunity to gather in a manner in which he is worthy of, because he is so good. And so if you're new here, I would just encourage you and let you know that we at the Promise Church believe in PDA for Jesus, public displays of affection, if you didn't know what PDA is. If you're in a romantic, romantic relationship, you know what that is. I would encourage you that, to worship Jesus passionately in this place. Our, our worship service this morning was so amazing. It was heavenly because we were literally singing the songs that they sing in heaven of worship to the Lord, who, to the one, the, the lamb that is worthy, that sits on the throne, to Jesus holy, 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 worthy, worthy, worthy. These are the songs of heaven that are happening with the worship service that we get to join in with every single time that we sing. And I would encourage you to engage your heart, to allow your spirit to be stirred, to not put your past or your upbringing or your personality above the Lord, but to display your affection to him publicly in these moments like this, that you are fully welcome to come up to the front during worship. We shouldn't have to tell you when we start the service that you're welcome to come here should just be a part of our culture it's automatic you can be up here you can worship freely yes you can do it in your rows but you're welcome to roam about the cabin and to do it as well and i would just encourage you to stir your heart as pastor chris said maybe you're comfortable here ask the lord to give you the strength to go here if you're here go here don't don't just stay comfortable with where you are and your your worship and affection to the lord amen Amen. I, I felt this in my spirit as well uh, to, to share this with you. And we're going to pray and jump into the word here in just a moment. But uh, I, I want to just address the time in which we live in this moment uh, as, as your pastor. I wanna, God reminded me of this verse. It's Psalms 46. It's not going to be on your screen. Psalms 46 verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. If you skip down to verse 9, it's talking about the Lord, and it says in verse 9, He, God, makes wars cease. To the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations, I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob, the God of Israel, is our fortress. And so as I share this with you, I want us just to turn our attention to the Lord and begin to pray. And I want to pray for what's happening in Europe right now, what's happening in the nation of Ukraine. And I just want us to agree together in this moment. Amen? Lord Jesus, we lift up the nation of Ukraine to you right now and the the region of Eastern Europe. Lord, I know even in this room and watching online, there are people a part of this church that have ancestry and come from that part of the world, Lord God, that this is their homeland. And Lord, I ask God that you would strengthen them, that you would comfort them. Lord, we lift up our brothers and sisters in Christ that live in that part of the world. We ask for your protection upon them, Lord God, your protection upon their families. And Lord, we thank you, God, that you are the God that makes wars cease. So, Lord, we stand on your truth. We stand on your word, that it's true and it's alive. We stand on your promises, Lord, and we ask that you would act upon your word in the nation of Ukraine. Lord, that you would remove evil leadership and dictatorship and tyranny, and, God, that you would bring about righteousness and justice in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. God, I ask that you would speak to us in your word today. Let our hearts be open to receive, our ears be open to hear. God, I ask that you would speak to us today, Lord, we long for you. We give you all praise and glory and honor. You are the only one worthy. All this is for you and because of you and about you. And we love you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, say amen. 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 At the end of our service, which is coming quicker than anticipated, uh, we are going to be doing our Kingdom Builders offering. We talked about this a couple weeks ago with you on Vision Sunday. There should be these beautiful pamphlets in the seat backs in front of you, uh, and we are going to be taking that offering today. Uh, you can give one time today, or you can also pledge to give monthly throughout the rest of the year, and you can also do both. Praise the Lord. I saw in here on this beautiful thing, it says one time or monthly. And I I crossed mine out and I said one time and monthly. Praise God. There wasn't an amen there. So I'm believing for a miracle now. But we shared with you uh, vision casting things that the Lord has given us. It's not my vision, it's not our senior leadership team's vision, it's our vision as a church family that we feel like the Lord is leading us into, and we've already in the last two weeks since we've shared some of these things, uh, we've had amazing response and feedback from many of you, like you're excited, you, those though, though different things that we talked about, you, or you're passionate about, God has given you dreams and visions for those things, and you want to be a part, and so I thank you for that, and if you haven't, and your heart is stirring for these areas, please feel free to communicate to us and reach out to us. But Kingdom Builders is essentially this. It is generosity. It is giving above the tithe, above the 10% that the Lord asks of, and it is being generous. That generosity could be $1. It could be $10 a month. It could be $10,000 a month, praise the Lord. It could be $10,000 one time. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be a certain amount. It is above the tithe, and you as a kingdom builder are saying, I'm choosing to partner with the promised church and the vision that God has given the, our leadership to help accelerate the vision of the house. That is what this is for, is to help accelerate the the, the vision of the house of what God is asking us to do and calling us into so that that money that would be given today and monthly going forward would help towards those things being accomplished. Amen? Amen. Amen. So today I want to continue uh, with you in a a series that we've started In a sense, kind of loosely last week with my brother, Pastor Aaron, but I'm gonna make it very clear today where we're going. And we are gonna be doing a values series for the next several weeks. Uh, A couple weeks ago, we shared with you at the Promise Church our new vision statement. So uh, we have vision casting ideas, but if you look at the back of this, you see our vision. And the vision of the Promise Church is that we exist to be a people of freedom and transformation through daily personal encounters with the presence of God. This is what God is calling us to be and to do. You're going to hear us say this weekly. You're going to hear this talked about on a very regular basis. Why? Because we recognize that vision leaks. If you don't keep vision consistent and constant, you forget and you can get off track. We believe God has called us to to build sustainability and health for the long term in our lives and in our leadership. And that there must be a consistency in our culture. We, we recognize that we have a culture. We've had a culture for a long time, but there was not easily identifiable aspects to our culture so that we all knew we're on the same page, going in the same direction, and that from the top all the way through us, there would be consistency. Amen? Especially as the Lord continues to grow us, it is important that we're walking together in unity and we're walking together with the same goals in mind. Amen? So what's near and dear to our hearts is what we shared in this vision statement, is that we're a people that God has called, no matter where we are, no matter where we're going, that we're commissioned by God to be people of of freedom and transformation, and that comes through daily personal encounters with him. Why is the presence of God so wonderful and tangible in this place? It's because we have for years, and many of you in this place have for years, stewarded daily encounters with God. And you come into this place and it's explosive because you're taking your morning encounter even on Sunday morning with the Lord before you come to church. And you're bringing that in with you and we're just celebrating together who God is and how amazing he is and what he's doing. Amen? And you're going to experience greater freedom, greater transformation in your life as you spend daily time with the Lord in his presence. And so today I'm going to be getting, uh, we're going to be talking about different core values. We, God has given us nine core values that we're going to go over in the weeks to come. And last week, Pastor Aaron shared on one of them was generosity. Generosity for us, we, we remember generosity by the axiom and the uh, acronym of SWAG, which stands for steward well, accumulate aggressively, give Generously. And I want to say this about generosity. It says when it comes to our time, energy, and resources, we don't get to give. We or we don't give to get, we get to give. We steward well, accumulate aggressively, and give generously. Our values, these core values that we're gonna be going over these in these weeks to come, they are essentially who we are at our best. Who, when we think, when we began to sit down and seek the Lord on these things, we asked ourselves hard questions and we asked ourselves things like, who are we at our best? And how do we live that way every single day? How do we have, in a sense, rules of engagement for ourselves as a church family that we would be able to protect and live out the vision that God gives us? Because he's building his church, and then it's our job to steward what he's doing and to be able to walk together in a manner worthy of the calling of God on our lives. Amen? So one of the core values that we have here is generosity. And that comes because we recognize one of God's core values is generosity. Because he's extremely generous. He gave everything for us. Are you alive this morning? You're very quiet today, so I'm either going to take that one of two ways. Either I'm not doing a very good job, or you're really engaged in taking a lot in. But if you respond, it helps me actually know that you're awake. So that is good. Okay? You're, you are free to engage. So I'd encourage you, if you missed last Sunday... Uh, or or you weren't able to hear the message during the week to check out Pastor Aaron's message on generosity. Last week he, he shared on that, and he went a lot into giving and finances. And today I want to talk about generosity, but a little bit outside of the financial realm, and I want to really talk about it in a practical way for our lives and how we're called to live generous lives in our finances, but with our whole lives. Amen. They actually people who are generous in their finances are usually generous with their whole lives. If you're generous with your life, it's going to be second nature to be generous with your finances. They often work together. But sometimes, you know, we we can uh, have a, we have issues be other from past hurts or past wounds in church life, church, church hurt. Uh, different things that have happened in our lives, where we're afraid to actually step out in obedience to the Lord in generosity with our lives, and I recognize across this room and in this church, we have people in variety of seasons of life. Right, we have young families, young parents with young children. We have people who are are empty nesters. Their kids have moved out of the house. We we have people who are retired. We have young adults and singles. We have youth. We have a wide range of people in this room right now, And, and even watching online, even more so. But no matter what season you're in, no matter what your context is, the commissioning and the invitation to live a generous life is the same. And God will show you through the direction of the Holy Spirit, because he knows your life, how you can be generous with your whole life, with your time. Some of you have way more time than others. Some of you have, you know, all this free time that you can consume and do different things. You can uh, watch and stream videos and you can watch whole series on netflix in like two days uh you 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 can uh go and and travel freely you you can do all kinds of different things you you sit and watch the news all day don't do that i recommend not doing that um it's not good for your soul you you uh you can do all kinds of different things because you have a lot of time or maybe your time is very constricted you wake up in the morning you get ready for your day you go to work you come home and there's three kids climbing on you and, and you're you're trying to help you know get dinner ready and, and try to do a few chores and play and give your kids attention. And then by like 30, 9 o'clock, you're exhausted and, and you can just barely climb into bed to go to bed for the next day. Like I understand there's these seasons of life, but I also understand that usually there is room for growth in the realm of stewardship. And when we are good stewards, it's actually the launching pad for good generosity, when we're good stewards of our finances, it enables us and gives us the opportunity to be generous with our finances. If we're good stewards of our lives practically, it helps us be generous with our whole lives. If we don't you know, keep track of our schedules and, and, and be very intentional with how we spend our time, then we will think that we have no time. But actually when you break down your week, we all have the same 24-hour-per-day week, and we rec- could recognize all these opportunities to give of ourselves in many different ways. I want to I talk about stewardship here for a moment. In the world that we live in, there's either an owner mentality or an employee mentality, typically, But in the kingdom of God, there is a higher calling from God, there is a higher mentality, and it is the calling and mentality of stewardship. And that calling and mentality of stewardship recognizes that everything in the earth, everything in my life, everything that has been entrusted to me is from God, and it is his, and it is my opportunity to steward it and take care of it. That is the mentality and the heartbeat of stewardship. And a lot of times, I don't know about you, but I recognize in people, sometimes recognize in myself, this ownership or employee mentality versus the stewardship mentality. For example, let's say Pastor Chris let me borrow his really nice brand new truck. Okay? And I'm driving that truck. Because I love my friend, I honor him, and I respect him deeply in in an intense way. What he has and what he entrusts to me, I want to take really good care of. Have you ever borrowed someone else's car that you appreciate, that you you have a good relationship with? And you actually probably drive that car slower and more carefully than any other car you've ever driven. Right? Like when we get a rental, we drive that thing really hard. Because it's not ours. But when it's someone that you actually love and care about, you're borrowing their car, you're like, oh God, let I give that, this back to them without a scratch. And, right? You, and you give it back to them with a full tank of gas. You've cleaned the car out. Right? When it's your car, you're driving that thing till it's, the light comes on with the fuel tank. You're, you got banana peels sitting in the car on the, on the door, sitting on the side of it that had been there for two weeks. You, you're flicking burgers underneath the seat. Come on, I know. The Holy Spirit gave me a word of knowledge. He, he showed me you driving to church this morning. No, I'm kidding. But when it's like, when it's, we think that the higher calling is ownership, like we need to have an ownership mentality. Actually, when you, when it's yours and you think it's yours, for some reason you actually don't take good care of it. When you recognize that the deed on your house, even if it's got your name on it, it's not actually your house, it's the Lord's house, you might clean it. If you recognize that you might own the title to that car, but it's not your car, it's the Lord's car you might take good care of it and maintain it better. When you, when you recognize that your kids aren't actually your kids, though they look like you and act like you in all the wrong ways usually, they're the Lord's kids. Right? And so therefore, because out of actually love for the Lord and honor to Him, we should want to take really good care of anything He's given us. Any dollar we earn comes from Him. And we should want to take really good care of it. Any possession he's entrusted us to, any responsibility he has given us. It, it really, like for me, I walk around this place and I notice the trash on the floor that you leave after church on Sunday. And half the time I pick it up. A lot of the time I pick it up. You're in the Lord's house. <laughs> I mean, I think we kind of forget sometimes that you go to the Lord's house. Like, this is the Lord's. This is how I think about the church. This is how I want our staff and our leadership team to think about this church, this building that the Lord has entrusted to us. It's his. You have an opportunity to come into his presence. So you should be, like, here at 845. Praise God. Because you're stewarding your time on. You're hungry for his presence, and you want to get in that seat. Um, if someone else gets in that seat, it's not a good day. So you better get here early. Stewardship is the highest mentality. I got a lot of scripture for you and not a lot of time. I'm just going to read through these kind of quick. Psalms 24, verses 1 and 2. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. The call of stewardship originated in creation, in the creation of mankind, and in our original command from God. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28, we see that God, the Trinity, made mankind in their image to rule with him over the earth, and to be be blessed to be a blessing, all right? And in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, it says, The Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Psalms 115, 16 says, The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to mankind. Do, you, do we realize even in the New Testament that this applies to us? Do we recognize in the new covenant of grace that we live in that when Jesus died on the cross for our sins and raised from the dead, and he, we receive salvation, we receive the gift of eternal life through relationship with him, that now our lives are not our own. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that do you remember that you are your life is not your own. You have been bought, you have been purchased with a price. Therefore, honor the Lord with your body. Therefore, honor the Lord with your whole life. You're not your own. If you follow Jesus, you're a Jesus follower, you have a relationship with Him, your life, your entire life existence is not your own. Therefore, every part of our lives, we are to honor him and how we steward it. Colossians three seventeen says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, that'll preach right there. Everything you do, do it in the name of the Lord, giving thanks. Not complaining, not grumbling, not taking things for granted or flippantly. Giving thanks. You know, there's this crazy scripture in the Bible in James chapter 1 that says, consider it pure joy or consider it all joy when you face various trials. Isn't that one of our favorites? Yeah. Because we do that so well. Whatever you do, do in the name of the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men knowing that from the lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward you are serving the lord christ some of you are employees some of you do work at different places of employment you're not your own boss and you want to be a, a light in that workplace you want to lead your coworkers to christ but your work ethic is not very good you're just doing enough to not have your boss get mad at you you're to work as unto the lord your bosses should trust you with everything in the company because they, have, they see an excellence upon your life because there's something in you that's shining different than the average person around you, and you are working as unto the Lord. That will get your bosses saved more than you go unto them with a four-point gospel message. The call of, in the call of stewardship, you recognize that the Lord is your source and the source of all. Therefore, out of honor and love for him, we should want to give ourselves generously to him and to others, knowing that it is all his and that we are doing everything for him. In Matthew 25, there's this amazing whole chapter, really one of the, the best chapter, if not one of the best chapters in the Bible on stewardship. And it talks about what it's going to be like at the end of time when Jesus returns. But in verses 31 through 46 of Matthew 25, Jesus tells us about those that cared for the least of these. This might ring a bell for some of you, and that though and talks about those that didn't do that. And that whenever the righteous cared for someone, they were doing it for Jesus and to Jesus. Giving our lives generously will come if we have that perspective. That even it talks about when you give someone a cold drink of water, you will not lose your reward. When you see that person in need and you give from yourself living a generous life, when you, when you pour your life to, to serve and to love others around you, whether it be because they have financial need or not, but you're just wanting to bless and give and serve, Jesus says when we look at their faces, we should actually be able to see his face because we're doing it for him. We're doing it to him. A generous person has that mindset, has that perspective. Good stewardship, though, starts with our own stewardship of our own hearts. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So if there's a stewardship issue in your life, Whether it be your finances, whether it be your parenting, whether it be your marriage, whether it be your employment, whether it be your cars or your house, or whether it be some other area of your life, there's a heart issue. Because everything that's going on out of your life is coming from within your life. Your heart isn't this muscle beating right now, keeping blood flowing through your body. The heart is, in a sense, the seat of affection or the seat, the throne of your life. Who sits there? Who, Who rules and reigns in your heart? Is it Jesus? Is it you? Is it something else? Jesus said that the things that come out of our mouths come from our hearts, that the things that we could do that could defile us Come from our hearts. Jesus said that where our treasure is, there our heart is also. Jesus said that we are to love him with all of our heart. So therefore, how we tend to the health of our hearts will often determine our level of stewardship and our generosity. So if there's a financial issue in the realm of tithing for you or in generosity and finances, there's a heart issue if there's a if there's a parenting issue and you are just too lax in the realm of parenting and disciplining your children and bringing the correction that they need to train them up in the ways of the lord there's a heart issue if your time management is poor and you feel like you're running around with like a chicken with your head cut off and you can't remember when things are happening in your life there's a heart issue really quiet in here. Praise the Lord. Also, our perspective of who God is will often determine our success in stewardship. Okay, in Matthew 25, this chapter I just referred to, we, we see that God's definition of good stewardship is multiplication. Pastor Aaron preached on this last week. That successful stewardship equals multiplication. That harkens us back to the original call in creation that God gave mankind. He told them to be fruitful and multiply. All right? Matthew 25, there's a story of three different servants of a king. He gives them different amounts of money or different talents, different bags. You know, they, they're called many different things, bags of gold but let's just say it's gifts, okay? Because all of you have been given gifts from God, all right? You have talents, abilities, gifts that God has given you, and at the end of the day, at the end of your day, the last day that you live on this earth and you stand before the Lord, we will have to give an account for what we did with what we were given. And some of you think that you are the, the servant who had the five gifts, the five bags of gold. Some of you think you're the one with the two, and some of you think you're the one with the one. It doesn't really matter which one you are. The requirement is the same. Matthew 25 talks about, uh, in verse 24, talks about the, the, the servant who was given one. It says, the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid And went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. Such kind and encouraging words. Why was that servant wicked and lazy? He had a faulty perspective of his master. Why? Because the other two servants before... When they presented what they did with, what, God, with their, what their master had given them, this is what the master said to them after he praised them for multiplying what they had been given. He said, "He, he says, come and share in your master's happiness. Does that sound like the description of the, first, the other servant who had the one bag of gold? I knew that you were a hard man. But that perspective caused him to live in fear and put in the ground and not use to multiply what he had been given. And many of you have a faulty perspective of who God is and therefore have a struggle to use what he has given you. Many of you have a faulty perspective of who you are. Because you have a faulty perspective of God and therefore struggle to use what God has given you. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says that you are God's handiwork or his workmanship. You're his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works. This is what God has made you to be and to do. And often we don't see ourselves that way because we don't see him properly. The other two servants, I believe, had a proper view of their master and were diligent and good stewards Of what they had. A poverty or orphan or slave mentality looks at the little they have and complains, and lets comparison and fear keep them from stewarding or multiplying what God has given them. There's also the other side of it of pride and entitlement which also keeps us from being grateful and wanting to use what we have to be the best of our ability to have it grow. Out of pride, we, we think that we have more than what we really do. And I believe there's many people here today that actually are really wrestling with past hurts. You've gone to other churches or maybe even hurts from this place and and you uh, are wrestling with hurts in your past when you have walked out in the gifts and callings and abilities that God has given you and it has shut you down. And you're in fear of what could happen if you step out again. Or it's not even about. Serving or leading or doing something in a church context—it's dreams, it's callings and visions and purposes that God has birthed in your life. Things that you had when you were a little kid, things that you had in your teenage years and your young adult years that you were inspired and excited about. But something in life happened to you—some trauma, some traumatic incident, some accident, some some hurt that came upon you, some level of abuse that came upon you—and you are shelled up in fear of what could happen if you take a step. God wants to heal you of those things. He wants to break those things off of your life. At the Promise Church, we don't want you simply to partner with our vision that God is giving us. We believe God has put things in you, and we want to see ways that we can partner together. When we share a vision about a food bank, about a school, leadership school, about a Christian school. We don't know the best way to do all those things. Some of you have done these things before. And we want to see the dreams in you, the visions in you. We want to see the things inside of you come to life. We want to do it together. We're not saying this is what the staff of the Promise Church is going to try to do. No. Hey, let's do this together, church. Steward the gifts. Steward the things in your life. Let's do it together. But fear... Hurt so often holds us back. In Luke 16.10, my brother read this passage last week, but I want to read it again because it's really good. Luke 16.10 says, one who is faithful in a, very, in a very little is also faithful in much. Why? Because they don't look at what they have as little. Every little opportunity, man, I get to serve in the nursery and invest in the next generation of kids. Not, man, I have to babysit on a Sunday morning. Man, I get to hand out bulletins as people will come in these doors and I get to smile and show the joy of the Lord through every handshake, every hug, every look. Like, there is no little Every little is big. The one who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. The one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you with the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another's, who will give you which, that which is your own? I, I, will, I was sharing this with, uh, ben who who's a part of our church here last night, we were talking about how I truly believe that if a church won't jump in with the Great Commission and preach the gospel and make disciples, that God won't send the lost to them. Why? Because there's certain things in the heart of the Lord that are very important to him. His sons and daughters that he wants to know him are very important to him. And he will only bring the lost to a place that will preach the gospel. He will only bring the lost to a place that will disciple them. He will only bring the lost to a place where, where he knows that they will treasure and value those people as he does. And we can pray and we can cry out and we can jump and dance and scream for revival until we're blue in the face. But if we don't begin to jump in with what God has commissioned us from the beginning of the book of Acts to go and preach the gospel, to make disciples and for all of us to play our part in it. If we won't do that, church, we won't see what we want to see. Why is, why is there a lot of churches that stay the same numbers year after year and never grow? Because they don't preach the gospel. They don't want to make disciples. They want to stay in their religious box and their tradition. Or they're bound up in fear and hurt, and they're afraid to get hurt again. Not here. We have an amazing opportunity to steward so many things that God has given us. We, we, we get to steward just being an American. Stand up for what's right, what's true, what's freedom. We, we have so much to steward. I mean, if you, if you have a house and a running car and $1,000 $1, in your bank account, you have, most, you have more than most people in the entire world. If you have food in your fridge and in your pantry, you got more than most people in the entire world. What are you doing with it? You got gifts, talents, abilities, callings on your life that God has placed on you. You're his workmanship. You're his handiwork. You're his masterpiece. Don't let fear rob you another day. Don't let hurts and wounds from your past intimidate you any longer. Will you stand with me? These things that are in this pamphlet here for the kingdom builders they will not happen unless we all jump in together. They they are not dependent upon a few. They are dependent upon the Lord, obviously, first and foremost. Without his breath on them they are man works that will have no fruit. When the fire to test them comes, they will burn up and it will not last. But they are not meant to happen on a few. One of these in here is belong. Pastor Chris asked for 10 people to show up on a Thursday night out of a congregation in this one service of probably about close to 300 people. We have two services here about the same. And he's asking for 10 people A lot of times we don't think we have time because we don't steward our time. You have time. You can make time for what you value. So I'd encourage you, church, for us to link arms together. In a moment we're going to go into worship and we're going to pray. And we're going to, in a sense, link arms together as a church family and say, God, we believe you're asking us to do god we choose to partner with what you're doing and where you're leading god we come together in unity and in faith god to to see what you're asking of us to do to come to pass and i'm willing to put my money where my mouth is i'm willing to put my time where my heart is and my mouth my my life is and i'm willing to invest into your kingdom and your investment could look like five dollars a month it could look like Thursday nights here at belong it could look like a lot of different things but God will tell you what it is for you if you will ask him so ask him just as we asked you to ask the Lord what he would have you to give in the realm of finances into this ask him how you can give in the realm of your time how you can give to disciple a soul. How you can give to, to help in the nurseries. How you can give to, to be a part of the usher team. How you can give to go out and, and tell people about Jesus. All of it is important. So Lord, we just ask God that you would search our hearts. Search us and know us. See if there would be any area of poor stewardship in us, oh God. Put your finger on it, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are the great convictor of all things. And Lord, I ask that you would help us to recognize and and, and have the mentality of stewardship, Lord. Lord, there would be no shame, there'd be no condemnation, there'd be no guilt tripping on over anyone in this place. God, just the pure inspiration and conviction of the Holy Spirit to recognize the time in which we live, to recognize the opportunity that we've been given, the privilege and honor it is to serve you and your house, to advance your kingdom, to be a part of what you're doing in the earth. God, to see soul's one for jesus to see people discipled and saved and delivered and healed to see families restored and transformed god to be a part of what you're doing lord i ask that you would awaken hearts you would awaken dreams and visions you'd awaken gifts Let all the sleeping giants in the room wake up in the name of jesus i break off all hurts and all pain and every spirit of offense in Jesus' name all unforgiveness come Lord and put your finger on those places in people's hearts and bring freedom in Jesus' name every lie of darkness that they're unqualified that they're not enough that they will be rejected that they won't be accepted that they won't be loved break those lies right now in Jesus' name I plead the blood of Jesus, God, to stir our hearts, to awaken as a people, God, that we would bring freedom and transformation into this region, Lord. Stir a hunger in your people to spend daily time in your presence, God, and from that place, carry you into their workplaces, in their homes, in their neighborhoods, in the grocery stores. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. God, we we come to you to be kingdom builders, Lord. I ask that you continue to stir up generosity in your people, Lord. We thank you for the vision that you're giving this house, Lord. And I ask that you would accelerate it, God, that you would bring it to pass, God, the areas that are in this, Lord, of belong and adopting the nation of Iraq and, and seeing a transformation center stirred up with a food bank and, and discipleship houses and a leadership school to raise up the next generation of spiritual leaders, and to raise up a Christian school, Lord. These things that you're giving us, oh God. And Lord, we ask, oh God, that you would stir in our hearts to be ones that would give above the tithe, to be generous with our resources, Lord, with our time, with our finances. God, that we would see you move in our land and do an amazing work of healing our land in our lifetime, God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. It's all because of you. Lord, we love you. God, our hearts yearn for you. Lord, you're all that we want. Lord, you're all that we need to give you all glory and praise. Church, will you just join in with our worship team right now as we jump into this moment of worship? Just turn your hearts of affection to Him. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let
0: my heart want for nothing but You, just You. Let my heart want for nothing but You, just You. The riches of this world Could never satisfy Let my heart want for only You Let my heart want for nothing But You, just You Let my heart, want for, nothing you, you. Let my heart want for nothing But You, just You The riches of this world Never satisfy the my hard for all the time. Come on, sing it one, sing it one more time, one more time. Jesus let my hard for nothing but you just you the my heart for nothing but you
1: What I've heard, what I've learned, church, in my own life is when my heart is in a place of simplicity and satisfaction with only Jesus, generosity is a natural byproduct. So this is key. This is huge. For your heart to be in a place, say, Jesus, you're everything I want. You're everything I need. I know that nothing this world has to offer me will satisfy me. Only you, Jesus. And for me, as we partner together in Kingdom Builders in this offering, there is no other and no better place from which to give. So right now, if we could have the ushers come forward with those buckets, they're gonna pass them through the rows. If you have your your pledge cards ready, you can put those in the buckets. If you wanna put your offering with this pledge card in in an envelope in the seat in front of you, you can do that as well. But I ask the church that you would You would give in that realm of generosity. You would give in that realm of faith. As Pastor Aaron talked about last week, that generosity hurts. There there is an aspect of generosity that takes you to a place where it's not easy. But you know that in obedience to it, amazing things will come from it. True riches, salvations, health, wholeness in your life, in your family. So, Jesus, we ask that you would multiply this offering. God, that you you called us to be good stewards and to multiply what you've given us. So, Lord, I ask that you would do that in us, and you would do that through us, and that you would do that in this offering, Lord. God, that you would multiply the seeds being sown today. Lord, that your blessing would flow into every family here, every family that partners and, and gives. Lord, that your blessing would flow, your abundance would flow. God, that we would connect with your heart of generosity. Lord, God, that we would give from that place, Lord, of simplicity, of all for you, all about you, because it's all yours anyway, and Lord, only you satisfy, and only you are worthy, and only you get the glory. So we love you, Jesus, and we give from that place today in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. The ushers are going to pass those buckets. Pastor Casey, lead us in this song again, and just continue to worship him as we close. For
0: For me, only Jesus, for me, for me, only Jesus, for me, for me, only Jesus, for me. Uh-huh. Oh.